And so, perhaps turning towards the, the practice that we're engaged in or that we're invited to engage in here. In its essence, insight meditation is the process and the practice of exploring and understanding for ourselves what it means to be more fully awake, to live more consciously with a closer, perhaps we could say a more sensitive and clear relationship to our experience, ourselves, our life and our world. And one of the real foundations for that is the recognition of how much of the time we're not awake. How much of the time we're kind of sort of asleep in the world of our mental activity. We fall into stories of past and future. We sometimes live in the world of what was and what might be. When in fact our life is right here. right now happening just like this whatever that is for you or for I that is our life and it's the only life we can really in a meaningful way engage with of course it's influenced by the past of course it is and it has an effect on what may become the future indeed it does but this is the place where it's happening so the primary invitation and orientation within insight meditation practice is coming consciously into contact with what's actually happening right now. And everything actually flows, all the things we might be interested in, in terms of calm or peace, in terms of opening our hearts, stabilizing our minds, all of these kinds of things arise from that immediacy of connection. <coughs> and the willingness to make that what's most important for now. Not to say there aren't many other important things also, but just for now, this is what we make as central, to be as awake as I can in the midst of what's happening. And from that perspective, I think we can see that the techniques we employ are in the service of something other than perfecting the techniques. The tools are in the service of something other than just getting good at using the tools. And yet, of course, it's helpful to learn how to use the tools. <coughs> it's helpful to understand how the techniques work, how they can serve us and to develop a capacity, a facility with that. So in this practice we use the body as a central reference for the attention quite simply because it's here. It is, it's here. We might forget that sometimes when we're lost in our thinking, but the body is always here. And wherever the mind goes, and the mind can move remarkably quickly in any number of directions, with sometimes alarming enthusiasm for being somewhere else. And yet the body's here. 
And so we make the body a reference point to come back to. Sometimes the body goes off somewhere else as well, but it's still here when that happens. And so the body sitting on the earth as it is, as you are, as we are, and breathing. Is, breathing's the primary activity that's going on. It's quite a natural, organic thing. Not trying to make it something esoteric, special, or somehow more spiritual than anything else. Actually, everything has its significance within the realm of spiritual practice. Nothing is outside of that. But we can choose to make use of something because of what it offers us. And here, the breathing offers us the opportunity to connect with some fluid, dynamic expression of our life. Equally as does the body in its posture. But the breathing is a slightly more subtle element of that. And so it invites and draws the mind in connecting with the breathing process to become a little more subtle itself. Which is why initially it's difficult. Because the mind actually needs to develop the capacity. Most of our minds, unless we've trained a lot in this way, in which case maybe we find it quite effortless to just tune into and connect with the breathing. But most of us find it takes a little time to be able to do that. And interestingly, as we do that, one of the features of being more present is we tend to relax a little. Not always. It can be sometimes quite the opposite. But often there's a certain kind of settling that means the breathing becomes maybe a little bit finer or softer. And so then the breath has, sorry, the attention has to become a little more steady and refined to connect with it and stay with it. That doesn't mean you're supposed to have a particularly quiet or calm breath or that it's any measure of practice, in fact. It's not. One could be practicing very skillfully and wholeheartedly and experiencing breath that's rough or coarse or, you know, fast. It's fine. It's just what the breath does. And so in that, the process of breathing, of breathing in, of breathing out, offers us an entry into some, into a quality of contact with the immediacy of our life from which we can begin to see what's taking place more clearly and find useful responses to that. But in doing so, it's not necessary that we be too concerned with what the further or future outcomes of this might be. What's most important, what's most helpful is that we simply give ourselves quite fully to being here, to engaging in the practice as it's suggested, and see what happens from that what comes of that for us. So please come and find a space. You can. There's plenty of spaces in the hall if you don't have one yet. Um, there may not be room for the full size of a yoga mat, but there are certainly places one could sit. And so we can notice how a simple thing arising might draw our attention. It happens to us all day, usually. 
And it's fine, that's what happens with our attention. It gets drawn places. The remarkable thing is not that that happens, because that's quite natural. The remarkable thing is we have the capacity to notice that's happened. Oh, I just find myself paying attention to something going on in the room. Huh, that's okay. But having noticed it, I can then return my attention to a sense of, okay, and now I know I'm here, having been attending to that experience. And then I can bring my attention back to this experience that I'm choosing to attend to. Another experience, I didn't choose it, it chose me. Okay, that happens. And then I come back. So we don't set up a conflict. We don't set up a struggle or a, I'm supposed to be attending to the breathing and anything that distracts me is a distraction and an obstacle and a problem. Because that's a kind of unhelpful way to relate to our experience in our life. We're not here to control what's taking place, but to understand it. And within that, there's an intentionality and a directionality that's really helpful. And the intentionality is to be present and to notice as fully and as often and as much we can what's happening here. Using the body in its posture and the feeling of it and the breathing as a resource, a support, and a ground for the attention. One could just pay attention to whatever's happening, but most of us find if we try and do that, we get lost. There's too many things going on. It's way too complicated. It's all happening much too quickly. And we have, at times, floods of responses, reactions, and sort of ways in which we're affected by what's going on that make it very hard to stay present. So we simplify it. Okay, just this breath, just this body, just this moment. And yet no moment or other experience is somehow, in its essence, a problem here. It just might be a challenge for us to be able to see clearly, oh, this is what's happening right now. I'm lost in a story about something else. Okay, that's what happens. But right now I've realized that's happening and I can come back, reconnect. So we can do that in a relaxed and gentle, yet at the same time, clear and committed way. It's like this, okay? Here I am. The uh, much loved uh, and venerable teacher Thich Nhat Hanh used to talk about the, uh, the training of, uh, I think he called it froglessness. Uh, sounds like a strange frame, but it was like, as if you put a frog on a plate, will it stay there? No, it'll just jump off. So you put your mind on an object, will it stay there? No, it jumps off, but you say, oh, it went there. Just gently pick up the frog, put it back on the plate. You might find a slightly sort of more warm-blooded association for your mind. It could equally be like a puppy running off and being, okay, come back. Runs off, okay, come back. So we're clear, we're not just, oh, you've run off, oh, I'm going to run after you. <laughs> no, it's, oh, come back. But not, you've done something wrong, it's just, it's what frogs do, they jump. It's what puppies do, they run off. It's what minds do, unless they've been trained. And actually when puppies are trained, they also don't run off. I'm not sure where the frogs ever get beyond jumping. And so the range of other experiences that might come, we might experience in our bodies, our hearts, our minds, any number of things, both pleasurable, uncomfortable, enjoyable, challenging or just relatively you know uninteresting inane boring or whatever 
And all of that is fine here. And all of that is welcome here. Just as I said last night, that we're welcome, all of us here, however we are, whoever we are, whatever we know ourselves to be, that's welcome here. So too, that same attitude and relationship to experience, it's all welcome here. That doesn't mean we're going to let one particular thing necessarily take over the show. But that we want to see what's here in order to see what's useful. And so that training of the mind, of gathering, of coming back, of focusing, is balanced with an openness and a kindliness that allows things to do what they do, but recognizes that while we can't control or prevent certain things from happening, and actually we're not trying to, though we might think we'd quite like to, that what we can do is meet that experience with as much clarity and kindness and also just allowance that this is what's happened. It doesn't mean we give up or abandon ourselves to reactivity or distractedness, but that we simply respond in such a way as we are able to, that may be useful here. And through that process, the, the practice unfolds in its own organic rhythm. And it will be different for each of us. And there will be common themes that many of us might share in it. But for each of us, how it is for you, that's how it is for you. And that's okay. And over the days, starting this afternoon and through tomorrow, we'll all have a chance to speak a little bit about how it is in your experience, as we'll meet in the small groups that I mentioned last night. But for now, we can just turn the attention inwardly, sort of shifting from this kind of more reflecting about meditation or what it's about and how we might usefully engage with it to the actual practice. It's like we turn the attention to the felt sense of the body, noticing what that's like for you, how it feels to be sitting on the earth in a relatively upright posture, this quality of sitting on the earth. It's allowing ourselves to rest and recognizing, trusting, there is something here we can rest on. It's the earth. It's this vast body of solidity that holds us up. And through a cushion, a chair, a mat, a bench, whatever it is, we're sitting on the earth. And there's also the sense of space around us and above us that we could call sky. That's like the sense of openness and possibility. And just noticing what it's like to allow the body to rest on the earth and be extended upright into the sky. There's something really useful about that upright quality, something engaged, something that supports alertness and presence. And without trying to get too tight or forceful around sustaining a quality of uprightness, it's generally really helpful to support that if we're able to. And I'll speak a bit more about posture later, but one thing that really helps with that is that one's knees are not higher than one's pelvis. So if you find your knees are sticking up, you might need a bit more underneath your bottom. And so that what that means is, and if you need to get another cushion to do that or a blanket or something, you can. What it means is that the gentle curve in the lower back is supported. It's not flattened. The pelvis isn't rolling backwards, nor is it forced forwards. But the gentle curve in the lower back is established on the upright 
pelvis. And what that means is then the torso can rest upon the structure of the body. And when the posture is in balance, gravity draws us into the posture, rather than pulling us out of it. And so we don't have to work too much to be there. But that takes time to find, because most of us are used to slumping in chairs and sloppying and, to cook and sort of slouching in um, sort of sofas and that sort of thing. We haven't necessarily trained the core bodily musculature to support the body in an upright posture and be at ease. But we start there, establishing the posture. There's no right place where you have to exactly be with your body. But that sense of contact with the earth, uprightness, and a sense of ease with that will be very helpful. And the ease here isn't that it has to always feel easy or feel good, but more there's a sense of just allowing and giving space to, okay, it's like this. And offering ourselves, both our body and in a way our mind, the encouragement to just those things you don't need to hold on to, don't need to be doing, the tension you don't need to be holding. We can just begin to allow that to let go. And so generally you can have the eyes closed, unless you're feeling very drowsy or sleepy, in which case it might be useful to have them just half open and focus softly on the floor in front of you. So not looking around, but just letting a little more light in helps keep the mind a little brighter. Feeling the firmness, the solidity, the whatever it is you feel underneath your body where your body rests on the earth or upon itself, the hands in the lap, or the knees touching. And the sense of space around the body and above the body. Becoming aware of the movement of breathing. It's not the breath per se as if it was the these molecules of air that we're interested in noticing. That's part of it. But it's the breathing process. The Buddha spoke about breathing in and breathing out. Being mindful and wakeful in the presence of this experience. Breathing in. We notice that the chest expands, the belly rises. Air is drawn in through the nostrils, down the throat, into the lungs as they fill. And the whole body is slightly energized and elevated or expanded, lifted in a gentle, subtle way. And as we breathe out, we notice that the chest softens and drops and the belly falls and the air that moves up and out through the throat and nostrils and the, the whole physical body just softens and relaxes and drops again subtly. And there's a natural rhythm of experience of this ripple and flow of sensation that takes place as all of this is happening. And this is the experience of breathing. So it's not an image not imagining or visualizing the breathing, not sort of thinking about or conceptualizing it, 
certainly not needing to evaluate it or measure it in any way. We might notice how it is, rough or smooth, deep or shallow, long or short, and just however it is, that's fine. Letting it be the way it is. And even if it feels like when you attend to it, somehow that affects it, that's okay. As long as you're not trying to affect it, just whatever happens, let it happen. And notice what that's like to come into contact with the breathing body, just as it is. And when your attention is drawn away, just noticing where you are without judgment or reject, reacting to the fact that your attention has moved, without rejecting or criticizing what it is the mind has gone to. Just acknowledging and returning, reconnecting, gently but clearly and fully, re-establishing yourself in the simple experience of sitting here, breathing in, breathing out, and knowing that experience as it happens. And if at some point you find you've become lost, wandering unconsciously for who knows how long in the mental activity that can arise. Again, not judging yourself, being hard on yourself at all. Just notice in that moment you've actually come back. The moment you notice that you, are, that you were lost, you're no longer lost. You know what's happening. And from that place you can simply begin again. And this is the practice. Sometimes we need to begin again and again and again and again. And that's just how it goes.
you can't quite connect with or sense the breathing experience directly, you can just notice your posture, what it feels like for your body to be sitting here. And as you, if you wish, as I said, you can also just place the soft open palm in the middle of the torso, just around the solar plexus area or lower chest. Just as a way of connecting and being sensitive to the experience that's taking place in your body right now. Natural organic breathing. In, breathing out, just the way your body breathes, just as it does by itself. Attending to this experience, being mindful present, sensitive and conscious of this moment by moment, just as you are.
you notice the tendency to try and just focus and hold your attention on one point of the breathing process. Just allowing that to soften. And it's okay if one part of the breathing seems more clear to you to make that the center of your focus. But including the body in its more fullness and wholeness equally. Or as well. The sense of the whole channel of breathing moving through the upper body. The felt sense of the whole body sitting on the earth just as you are. And again and again coming back to this.
And for the last couple of minutes of the sitting, just again reconnecting with the simple experience of your body, breathing in, breathing out. Sitting here quite naturally. And when you hear the sound of the bell, just listening, receiving and being present for that sound, just as we've been receiving and being present for the experience of breathing. Listening as the sound arises, sustains a little while, then fades away. And when the sound has faded into the silence again, taking this as the indicator that the formal meditation period is concluded. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.